Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to the 309th episode of Awards Chatter, the Hollywood Reporter's Awards podcast. I'm the host, Scott Feinberg, and this episode is brought to you by Big Little Lies on HBO. The second season of Big Little Lies was hailed by critics as TV's best ensemble, as good as TV gets, and exquisite, for your Golden Globes consideration in all categories. My guest today is one of the most impressive child actors I have ever seen. She's a 10-year-old who has been working since 2016 on the ABC sitcom American Housewife, which caught the eye of one Quentin Tarantino as he was writing his ninth feature, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, prompting him to reach out to and ultimately cast her in that Manson-era dramedy as Trudy Fraser, who is, you guessed it, an eerily precocious and talented young child actor on a TV series, in her case, one starring Rick Dalton, the character played in the film by Leonardo DiCaprio. And the actress, like her character, more than holds her own opposite him. Learn this name now because you're going to be hearing it for a long time, Julia Butters. Over the course of our conversation at the offices of The Hollywood Reporter, with Butters' father and publicist proudly observing her from the other side of the room, Butters talks about how she wound up in the business in the first place, what it was like to read for Tarantino and work opposite DiCaprio, neither of whom she had ever previously heard of, why she will always treasure her time with Luke Perry and Burt Reynolds, who have since passed away, what she makes of the awards buzz surrounding her performance, which I, for one, think absolutely merits a Best Supporting Actress Oscar nomination, and that's without having even seen the numerous other scenes that she shot that got left on the cutting room floor due to the film's length, but in which she is said to be equally great, what she hopes to do with her future, plus much more. So without further ado, let's go to that conversation. All right, Julia, thank you for doing this. Appreciate it. Of course. So we always begin every interview asking our guests where they were born and raised. So that means where have the last 10 years uh, unfolded for you? I was born in Beverly Hills mm-hmm. somewhere, and I've lived here my whole life. I've never lived anywhere And else. the reason that your family is here, I believe... Your dad, who I've just had the pleasure of meeting, is in the business? Yes. What He's is he an do? animator at Disneyland. At uh, Disney. Sorry, not Disneyland. <laughs> His office is a land of Disney. Yes, so. yes. And uh, what are some of the... I know that you've talked uh, before. You, you love some of the movies that he's worked on, right? Yes. Yes. He just came out with Frozen 2. Yes. It's beautiful. Saw it last night. Terrific. Nice. Yeah. And Tangled and a lot of other good stuff. And right? Frozen, yes. the original. So he's in the business, but he's not an actor. How did acting first enter the picture for you? Well, I was a very shy baby, as you would never believe. <laughs> but I was a very shy baby, and... My mom and dad thought maybe we can open her up to people more if she does baby modeling. Mm-hmm. 
not just to get her not to get her like in the business or anything but we just we just want her to not be one of those shell babies <laughs> caterpillars yeah uh, so it worked yeah and then i started doing commercials because they would always say this baby is great at taking direction <laughs> they would always say wow she takes direction pretty well uh you guys should do commercials and then commercials then my aunt was a writer on criminal minds mm-hmm. and she wrote me into an episode for fun just to see uh, if I would like it or what it would be like. How old were you at that point? Four. I was so four years you, old. So who were you playing? Who were you playing? I was playing Gabby, mm-hmm. and it was a very interesting first part. It was very dramatic. What was going on? Uh, she gets kidnapped, but so it's, it's okay. Yeah, <laughs> you made <laughs> I'm it. Here I'm here now. Glad, yeah, thankfully. <laughs> and that sort of wasn't that long before this show that you are still involved with American housewife came along. How did that, that's a big deal to be on a network sitcom. How did that happen from having sort of a a friend of the family right apart for you to, you know, nobody puts somebody in a network show as a favor. You've got to be good. So how did that come about? So I would always say, Oh my gosh, I'm going to do that again after I did criminal minds Mm -hmm. because it was so much fun. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I loved it. And then that led to transparent. Mm hmm. And then I got a call from American Housewife when I was, I think, six or five when mm-hmm. we did the pilot. And I was so excited. Like, oh, wow. My first actual, like, big part. Yeah, that was, it, it kept going. Can you there. tell us a little bit, if there's somebody listening who is not already watching that show, just who is Anna Cat? What's What's this character that you play on the show all about? She is the favorite child of the mother. She is a child of the lead, mm-hmm. Katie, and her actual name is Katie, uh-huh. which is easy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My character's name is Anna Cat. She dealt with OCD, mm-hmm. obsessive compulsive disorder, yes. for those of you that don't <laughs> know about that. Right. And now she wants to be the cool kid, mm-hmm. so she gets an upgrade pretty much. Yeah. Well, what's it like making a, a network show i know it's a lot of hours of work right yeah it is a lot but i'm with my friends that i made there and i have the best teacher in the world right now she's so nice do you mean like school teacher yeah so you're tutored on the set yes i am homeschooled when the season is over Mm -hmm. but not by my mother by a tutor Mm -hmm. a private tutor that will either will go to a coffee bean or will go to her house Mm -hmm. or will go and just stay in the backyard of my house. Mm-hmm. And what do you like studying the most in school? I really like writing mm-hmm. because I have a creative mind. Basically, I, I like to write a lot mm-hmm. uh, because I'm also in the business. So mm-hmm. writing is very common mm-hmm. for me, you know. I know during Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, you were writing something, but is that something you were even doing before in terms of like writing a a script? Yeah, I've been writing scripts since I was, I think four when I first started my Criminal Minds. When you were acting, you started acting before you even knew how to read, right? So how does somebody learn lines that way? My parents would repeat it to me a lot Mm -hmm. and that's how I kind of learned. And then they would say, can you repeat that back? And then I would try to repeat it back almost just this way, you know, or you missed this word mm-hmm. or you skipped that line, mm-hmm. you know? Cool. So how did you first hear 
from somebody who I don't think you'd even necessarily heard of before, um, and that is Quentin Tarantino. How did you find out that there was even a project called Once Upon a Time in Hollywood or whatever it was called at the time? It might have not even had that title yet. It was just like really any other audition for me mm-hmm. when I learned the script. But when I actually went into the room, I didn't know who he was, by the way. Mm-hmm. I had no idea who <laughs> Quentin Tarantino was. I was only eight. Mm-hmm. I'm 10 now. Yes. You mean you were not a big watcher of Pulp Fiction? <laughs> no. I didn't, I didn't know what Inglourious Bastards was. Right. At right. all. And um, so for me, it was like, oh, my parents came up to me. Uh, there's an audition to film over hiatus of the show. Mm-hmm. Would you like, here, let's read, let's read some of the script. See mm-hmm. if it's something you're interested in. Mm-hmm. And it had so many other scenes Mm -hmm. that you didn't see in the movie Mm -hmm. that someday it's it's going like you'll be able to see it Mm -hmm. someday basically it was a lot i had a lot of lines and a lot of long lines Mm -hmm. and i thought once before i met quentin Mm -hmm. before i knew about anything that I don't know if I'm able to do this. I don't know if I can. And then I didn't give up. Like, I decided that I wanted to do this. Because so. the audition, was it a specific scene or it was all of these scenes? It was pretty much all the scenes that you see in the movie. Wow. And some of the others also? or no? um, Yeah, some deleted scenes too. Wow. And it was a lot. So I came into the audition room and... Quinn came in, he said, and a cat, because he had watched my show. He had stumbled upon it and seen me in it. That's how he knew about you. Yeah, that's how he knew about me. He was just flipping through channels, and he saw a show that he had never heard of, American Housewife, Mm -hmm. which is the show that I'm doing now. And he saw my character reciting a monologue, and he thought, hey, wait a minute, this... I could audition her, see what, you know, see what she's like. Right. And then, so that's why he came in, he said, and a cat, and my mom kind of... (laughs) <laughs> what? Well, she reacted very surprised because... Um, that doesn't seem like something he, no. the kind of show he would be watching. <laughs> it's a family sitcom. Right, right. <laughs> and well, and he's never really... I don't yeah. think he's had kids in his movies before. I think Kill Bill yeah, from maybe. the dialogue scenes yeah. that I've seen. Yeah. He had a little girl. Okay, so that... But I mean... And she's in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood the as same one girl. of the Manson girls. Wow, yeah. that's cool. So... Now you go in for that audition. He's there at that first audition. Mm-hmm. And then you go ahead and do these scenes that you've been working so hard on. And how did you feel it went? It went amazing. It was honestly the, it didn't even feel like an audition. It felt like a talk with a good friend mm-hmm. that I had never known. Mm-hmm. And um, it, I don't know. It was just such a good experience from the start. And then I had a callback. For another scene that was deleted, it was a long, long scene, and the movie itself is already really long, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, you know, the scene just couldn't really make it in, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So, it was another really big scene. Mm-hmm. I came in, and as I finished the last line, I look up, and I see Quentin with tears in his eyes. Really? And actually one on his cheek and I didn't know what was happening he said that performance moved me I didn't know that that was something that could happen that's pretty cool and then 
I started crying. I was <laughs> like, oh my gosh, wow, this is great. And then, so after that, he seemed super enthusiastic. Uh-huh. And then he called us, didn't send us any scripts, didn't send us any lines. He sent us to come over to his office uh-huh. to talk, uh-huh. you know? And then, yeah, we came over and we talked a bit about the character and then he offered me the part. And of course I said, yes, that, <laughs> I, I wanted to do it so bad. It was so fun. And he said, we have fun on our sets. And I thought, oh yeah, well, I hope so. <laughs> and then I didn't even know how much fun we would have on the set. Like it was so, it was so fun. And did you know who else was going to be in the movie at that point? Yes. Actually, one of my math tutors had told me before the audition <laughs> who would be in it, like Leo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt. How did she know? <laughs> he, he. I don't know. I think he had read about, like, it was It was already sent out. Yeah. Their characters, and they were still uh, looking for my part. My parents didn't want to tell me about it because they didn't want to get me nervous. Now, what did you know at that point about Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio? Nothing. <laughs> I still knew nothing. I just knew that they were famous people. Like, yeah. I didn't watch their movies. Mm-hmm. I didn't watch anything that they were in yeah. yet. So, so um, what happens at that point? Like, you said Quentin had told you a little bit about the character. What did he tell you, and did he give you anything else that you could do on your own to sort of prepare? He gave me some Charles Lawton movies, and he also, if you watch in the movie, you know how there's a pilot Mm -hmm. that, or a TV show called Lancer? Mm -hmm. That's a real show, and I'm a real character. My character is a real character, character (laughs) in it, and Rick is an actual character in that show. So you watched some of that? Yeah. He sent me the pilot to kind of do research on my character's character. Was that actress pretty good, too? Yeah. Yeah. She was much older than me, though. Really? I'm assuming 20s. Okay. Maybe 18. I don't know. (laughs) So next thing I heard, there's a table read where everybody shows up, including at that point, Burt Reynolds, who was going to play the part that Bruce Stern ended up playing after Burt passed away. What was that like to go in a room where it's all of these guys and gals at one in one place? Was that exciting, scary, something else? Once again, I, n- I had no idea who anybody <laughs> was, so I was still nervous. I'm a very nervous, anxious person when it comes to stuff like this, mm-hmm. so I was so nervous. I was like, oh my gosh, um, I don't know what to do, and everyone was just so nice. They came over and introduced themselves, including Luke Perry. He was mm-hmm. so warm. He was like the first person, I think, to actually come up to us and introduce himself, you nice, know? Nice, nice. And so I sat down in my chair, and about three, no, probably two hours in, mm-hmm. two and a half hours in, I leaned forward to check my script page that I was on, and the front two legs of my chair slid and I face planted into the ground because the chair had fallen on top of me. And Leo, thank God he was sitting next to me. This was in front of everyone. Keep in mind the entire cast. (laughs) And so he picked me up, put me back in my chair. And since the script pages had all flown everywhere, he kind of put them back in order, stacked them. And just kind of sat there like nothing had happened. And everyone was trying to avoid 
looking at me, so I didn't feel embarrassed. <laughs> but it, it didn't work. I was so embarrassed. I was thinking, this is everyone here. <laughs> they all saw it, and they're all pretending like they didn't see it, which is also pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> and um were you okay that's gotta hurt no i was i was fine yeah. i think i was so blinded by how nervous i was that or embarrassed mm -hmm. really that i didn't really feel any pain i was kind <laughs> of like oh my gosh i gotta hey, i gotta act I like brush off my shoulders I oh hope. gosh <laughs> there's no thinking oh i hope nobody saw that it made a loud noise <laughs> pages flew everywhere it got everyone's attention they all kind of took a quick glance and then looked back to their scripts so <laughs> well that's nice that leo was helpful yeah. um i heard that at that same table read i think somebody else was impressed by you what was that about so everyone had left and Quentin had told me and Leo to kind of stay mm -hmm. in the table read because we were going to film or not film, rehearse mm -hmm. one of the scenes that had been cut out of the movie. Actually, one of them is still in the movie, mm -hmm. but, you know, two of our chemistry things. Yeah. We, we didn't have a chemistry read. So it was kind of like that was sort know, of that. That was yeah. kind of that. Yeah. So we had done like two of the scenes and he said, let's try them both again. Why not? You know? And then, so I started doing it again. And right before my first line, some guy kind of short came in, <laughs> said, hello, how, how, uh, hi, Quentin. And he said, oh, Al, hello. <laughs> it was Al Pacino. And he came in, he said, can I sit here, please? And he sat down, he said, okay. Quentin said, do you mind if Al sees this? And I said, sure. Now, I didn't know who he yeah, was. I, was just I didn't say. know who he was. So I was fine with it. I had no idea. Right. And so I was doing this and I had already learned all my scenes because Quentin, for the audition and callback, had sent me all of my scenes. Right. To see if I could memorize the amount of lines mm -hmm. that would have to be in the actual filming days mm -hmm. in the script. So afterward, I look over to Al Pacino and he's sitting there just with, with a, his mouth open. With a, yeah, <laughs> aped mouth. And like, he said, oh my gosh, wow, all right. Uh, Quentin, where did you find her? And Leo's kind of just sitting there kind of giggling to himself. <laughs> <laughs> That's and great. I'm kind of looking around like, what? I don't, I don't. Who get is this guy? Who is this guy? Why is he here? Is he a producer or something? <laughs> well, what's funny is that isn't even the compliment that I was referring to. Didn't mm -hmm. Burt Reynolds? He came. He came over to me after mm -hmm. when everyone was leaving, mm -hmm. except for me and Leo. He came over to me and he said, "If I was eleven." I would want to marry you. And my mom from the back of back of the room yeah. said, I approve. <laughs> and he said, that was not the reaction I thought I was going to hear. <laughs> well, so you definitely made a big impression on, on everyone there. Was it also before production really started that I know Leo was sort of nice about wanting to and, and smart about wanting to make sure that your guys' scenes together were rehearsed. When did you end up at Leo's place? I think after the table read, he said, you know, maybe we can go somewhere to rehearse. Like me and you and your mom could go somewhere and 
do something fun while we rehearse lines. I said, sure. And I said, I walk over to my mom and said, mom. And he also said, maybe if I could just, you know, like get your number and we could, me <laughs> and my assistant, us can talk about maybe plans to rehearse. Mm-hmm. And he was very nice and sincere about it. And I went, okay. And I went over to my mom and said, mom, Leo wants your number. And she, <laughs> she kind of laughed, not believing me. And then, and then he comes over and he says, do you mind, you know, writing it down and giving it to me? And she realized that I wasn't lying. And she went, oh, uh, sure. <laughs> and she takes down her um, notes that she was writing from the table read that Quentin was giving everyone. Mm-hmm. And yeah. That's and, great. And yeah. so you, you ended up over at his place just sort of running lines. Is that what mm-hmm. that was? Could you tell, even not really knowing his previous work and just, you know, just from your own dealings with him, was it clear that he was a, a very good actor? Oh, yeah. I'd seen... Um, him in the table read and in the pre-table read. And when even when we were running lines, I knew that he was great, and I was blown away by his work. So now the day comes where you actually have to shoot scenes on the set for the first time. And I wonder, do you remember what, what came first? What was the first day? It was a marking rehearsal. And it was the first set, I think, that everyone had done that day. Or not that day, but it was, it was I think, the first scenes mm-hmm. that they were shooting on the film wow. was with me. And all the scenes that I were doing, they kind of shot me out, you know. Mm-hmm. So you did all your stuff towards the beginning? Yeah. So the scenes that we see in the movie that made the final cut, were those done first or just only because... I guess we should just remind listeners if they saw it a few months ago or whatever, basically what we see in the film is you sort of advising your character, advising Leo about acting, right? While you guys are hanging out with your, you're with your book. And let me let you summarize if you want, who is your character? If somebody either it's been a while since they saw it or they haven't seen it. She is an actor. Mm -hmm. She's very professional Uh yet. She is very emotional and very sincere, but she does want you to get things done. Like she wants you to learn your lines. She wants you to be professional. She thinks that everyone on set should be like her, very focused. And actually, just that brings up, Quentin's sets are both very professional, but also fun, right? Because what, oh, yeah. what's not allowed and then what happens when you guys run out of film? Um, he says, hold! There, okay, everyone. And then this one guy came in, just scooped some of the horse's poop out of the frame. He said, leave the poop. Leave it. Continuity. And he kind of went, don't. And so the guy kind of meekly backed out of, backed away. And he said, okay. Get the film, please. And so they would put it in, and he said, thank you, okay, and action. <laughs> and everyone would resume where they were. And But there's sort of something like when, when the 35-millimeter film runs out, everybody has a drink, right? Except I'm, um, I'm guessing you're it, not. It's supposed to be there. What I was there for was the 100th film role. Yeah. They were like, okay, everyone, pause where you are. Don't move, Okay. 
And then I said, okay, let's get 100. 100? Everybody, our 100th roll! <laughs> and then everyone would get start dancing, and I would drink apple cider, and Leah would drink apple cider because I was there, and then the other people would have champagne. And of course, not me. I'm underaged. so <laughs> <laughs> Just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, that's cool. And a mariachi band would come out and start playing. Really? Real loud. <laughs> and, yeah. But the other thing, though, about, you know, what's not there on a set that sometimes is on other sets, he doesn't allow cell phones, right? How do you think that affects the atmosphere? It makes it, I think, everyone gets to be with each other more Mm -hmm. instead of just with their technology. Like, they will actually be able to interact with people and actually have the chance to run their lines. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's not something that happens anymore ever mm-hmm. since f- cell phones and iPhones came along and everyone's always been like texting or calling. And I feel like it's really important to be with your co-stars, mm-hmm. uh, not just for chemistry, but for being there with someone, you know. So what would you guys do between takes? We would run lines mm-hmm. or we would just talk or people would go over and read their books I would go to my trailer. Some people would go to their trailer and be on their phones. (laughs) But it was mostly just all of us. We would have food fights. I'm not even kidding. (laughs) Like what kind? Like Quentin would get a taco and start throwing it at people. (laughs) And then there were a lot of pranks on set. People would put holes in water bottles for people to drink. And then it would (laughs) spill onto their lap. It was mostly between me and the prop people in Quinn. <laughs> <laughs> what was the best one? Oh, I don't know. Probably the water bottle. The water, yeah. Yeah. So the scene that is probably the most, maybe the most complicated, you tell me, but the one where you end up, you're basically, it's a scene within the scene. You're acting with Leo. You go flying at one point. Um, <laughs> was there a stunt person for that or was that really? Oh, yes. Yeah. Was there ever. <laughs> Who was that? Zoe Bell. So, she is the stunt double for Emma Thurman mm-hmm. in Kill Bill, and yes. she was so nice. Yeah, and she would ice my hands. But that's I what I mean. You were the one that was actually doing, doing yeah. the stunt, Which so she was, was there awesome. to advise. Yeah, but you're the one that's going flying. Yeah, she would give me ice skating pads on my hips and on my elbows, and um, how many takes? I don't even know. I feel like if I say 13, which it probably was, everyone's going to be like, no, it was more like seven. I was like, well, it was so fun that it probably seemed like seven. (laughs) And Um, Leo, I heard, was very, he wanted to really make sure you were okay. He said, if I ever hurt my princess, I'll never forgive myself, which he had an (laughs) accent because that's his character. And he was very method. Yeah. (laughs) Are you like that? Did you stay in character? No. Oh, gosh, no. No, no, no. (laughs) I really just stay quiet. And then I let other people come up to me and talk if they want to. So your character says to Leo at the end of all that, that was the best acting I've ever seen in my whole life. Close quote. So was watching... Leo do that scene sort of like that oh yeah it was barely even a character it was more words of basically it was truth mm-hmm. <laughs> in a line yeah he was a really great actor and then I think maybe this was one of the things in between the takes on that but didn't you also you had one of your scripts that you were working on and was there sort of a windy day 
I heard that Luke Perry kind of was a savior. Yeah, I would write a script and the pages would blow everywhere and he would go and catch them. But the windiest day of them all on set was actually windy. (laughs) (laughs) And there was a, it felt like a breeze until it became like kind of actually windy. Mm -hmm. You know, it was crazy because the sun tarp that they had above, it was hanging from one building and tied to the other. Mm -hmm. And it tore a tiny bit. And people were like, it's okay. It's just a tiny tour. Then it went ahead and tore the rest of the way. And the two sides pretty much came down. It was just the ropes at the end that were saving it. (laughs) But the straps were flapping all around. People were like, everyone get inside. And so we would all get inside the buildings. People were hiding in the stagecoaches. They said, everyone hide the horses. I'm not even kidding. (laughs) I remember this day so much because I remember... Cliff, who was um, not Brad Pitt's character. Yeah. <laughs> it was an actual guy named, named Cliff. Cliff. Um, we were friends. He was in some deleted scenes mm-hmm. that I, he was supposed to be kind of my, almost like a nanny mm-hmm. in, the, in, the, in the thing. So um, we're great friends. Mm-hmm. Like I, I adore him. Mm-hmm. And he picks me up and takes me inside and he sets me down. And he says, okay, now stay inside, okay? And then after the winds kind of calmed down, they went back up and they cut the sun stuff and they replaced it. <laughs> and then everyone kind of went to lunch then because it was such a long process. Right. They said, everyone kind of get out through the back door of the saloon. And so we all did. <laughs> One other thing about that, I heard that you gave Luke Perry a gift. Yes. What was that? So... By this lake that they had behind Universal Studios. Um, there was this lake. And that's where you were shooting all this stuff? Yeah. Yeah. It was the back lot. Yeah. So the back lot had this lake full of rocks that would come down to the lake. And I was kind of just walking on those rocks, the, the tiny little pebbles. And I saw this little piece of pottery that had a flower on it. And so I thought, hey, maybe I can give this to Luke. And so I did. And he said, wow, I'm going to cherish this forever. And then the rap party, which was the last time I saw him, he said, I guess what I have. And he pulled it out and he, he said, I have this. Like, it's so meaningful to me. That's very nice. Right. What I Now, why <laughs> why did you give that? You could have given it to a lot of people on the set. Why was it for Luke? He was really like a father figure, pretty much. He was very protective. He was very cautious. He was very nice, really. Mm -hmm. He was very warm. He was, I think, one of the most protective people there, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. When did you find out, was it tough to kind of find out that some of those scenes that you'd worked very hard on were not going to be in the film? I know that David Heyman, the producer, has said that if people could only see them, you know, a lot of us already think just from what was in the movie that you were incredible and should get all kinds of... uh, accolades for that but he was saying it would have been a slam dunk if people had seen those you were so good in them so when did you learn that that was not gonna necessarily they weren't all gonna be there I don't even remember really I think I was in the car about to go to the show Mm -hmm. and they said they're editing those scenes way down and I think that that scene just ended the movie too early when it wasn't supposed to be the last scene it was supposed to be the last Until the finale, Mm -hmm. you know, until the epilogue. Mm -hmm. So when it came time for you to leave the, when you wrapped, basically, tell me about that day. (laughs) 
it was very hard. Everyone was crying that day. <laughs> Everyone was so sad. I remember Quentin was emotional. Leo was emotional. It was the whole thing. Like, I felt... Of course, I was emotional. I was rapid fire, balding, and I almost don't remember it, but why I do, do think, at the same why, time. Why was it so emotional? Because we had so much fun on the sets, and everyone there was so nice, and we all kind of treated it like it was just all fun and not even a set. It was really just one of the best experiences of my life, mm-hmm. so I didn't want to go, Yeah, and <laughs> nobody else wanted me to go. So, yeah, it was an emotional day. <laughs> and I guess the next time you saw a lot of these guys would have been, you weren't able to go to Cannes, I'm guessing, maybe because of school or work on the sitcom. But It was it was a vacation. We were on vacation. Oh, you guys were out somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. But then the, the actual premiere, I think in July, which is where I was walking in afterwards to the party and, and Michael introduced me to you. I thought I had never seen the TV show, so I saw... That night was my first time seeing you, and you were terrific, I thought, and so that was pretty cool. What was that night like, seeing these guys for a lot of them for the first time? There's a great picture of you and Leo hugging on the red carpet. I guess that would be your first big Hollywood premiere of a movie you were in. Yeah, it was my actual first premiere that I've been to that Mm -hmm. I was in. Mm -hmm. So it was was my first and pretty much my greatest. Yeah, what what was the best part of that night? Because you watched most of the movie, right? Yeah. I can't even think of the best part because it was all kind of the best part. (laughs) (laughs) I liked seeing everyone again. Mm -hmm. It was kind of a family reunion, Mm -hmm. which was great. Um, Cool dress, right? You had a cool... Oh, thank you. Yeah. So people have been talking a lot about you ever since they saw the movie, whether it's Leo who was saying you reminded him of a young Meryl Streep. That was quite a nice compliment. Or I think there were some nice words from Mr. Spielberg, who I think you met during the making of the movie, right? Didn't he? uh, Yes. And then I guess, have you been in touch with Quentin? Did you, I read that you maybe sent him a thank you note? I send him letters mm-hmm. sometimes. Of course, he's too busy to send them back, which is totally <laughs> fine. I never imagined him ever sending it back, so I'm I'm totally fine. But I'll update him on, like, wow, I saw the movie. The premiere was fun. Or congratulations on your new wife and congratulations on your new baby. Yeah. Hint, hint. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and you've been busy. I know you are on Twitter and Instagram and stuff. You show what you've been up to, a lot of artwork, right? Mm-hmm. And is that something you like? That's like your hobby outside of acting? Yeah, I have a lot of hobbies. I love singing. I love dancing. Mm-hmm. I love being outdoors, mm-hmm. like hiking and fishing and camping. I love it all, pretty much. Who are you on Halloween? Lucille Ball. Black and white. Why was that? I don't even know. I just thought, you're a big fan, right? Yeah, I'm a big fan. So I, I felt like it was one of the options. I wrote down a list of my favorite <laughs> Halloween costumes, right? Or ideas of Halloween costumes, and I picked that one. I felt so attached to it. I'm still watching a lot of I Love Lucy episodes, so I think that was one of the reasons too. Yeah. So what's on the bucket list? If you can work with anyone, do anything, you got a lot of years of, of this ahead of you if you want to do this, what are your, 
dreams in the business. I want to be in a Spielberg film. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely, for sure. Why Spielberg. Why Spielberg? What makes... What? I'm just such a fan. I love his work. He made my favorite movie, which is Jaws. Wow. And Universal Studios really connected mm-hmm. me to him and to many other things. Like, I was on the tram for the first time, and the Jaws thing, I was like, wow, that was the best part of the whole thing. And then I think that's how I got into Steven Spielberg. And also, another tram story was we were on set and everyone was taking pictures and I was like, please don't. It's a secret project. Don't take <laughs> don't take the pictures, please. Because they were driving by you guys. Yeah. Yeah. And it said, this area where we would normally be going through is closed because legend Quentin Tarantino is making his new film Once Upon a Time in Hollywood with Leo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt. <laughs> and now... When they drive by it, it was actually the place where the porch scene took place, mm-hmm. where you first see my character. Mm-hmm. Do they say that now on the tour? Yeah, they That's say awesome. this is now. Um, <laughs> this you might recognize from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, where Leo DiCaprio <laughs> shared a scene with co-star Julia Butters, which is amazing because pretty much my whole career depends on the tram. <laughs> I love I love the tram so much. It's my favorite ride in Universal Studios. It's the best part. Really. That's awesome. Well, last question. There's a lot of us, like we were saying a minute ago, who think that you you really deserve a lot of attention and maybe a nomination or something cool for this. And I think that one of these days, maybe it's this coming year, maybe it's down the road, we're going to see that. We're going to see a Julia Butters Oscar acceptance speech. What would you say if that moment came along? What is, what is the most important thing for, that you would want to say? My mom and dad and acting coach were a big part of this. And I would honestly just be happy to go to the Oscars. Yeah. Like, just to be there would be amazing. I'm pretty so. sure that's that's going to happen very soon. I hope so. <laughs> I hope to just be there. Yeah. Honestly. Awesome. If anything happens, that's like a cherry or sprinkles on the cake. It doesn't make it more delicious. It just adds texture. <laughs> that's a great place to end. Well, thank you and congratulations. You were awesome. Thank you. Thanks very much for tuning in to Awards Chatter. We really appreciate you taking the time to do that and would really appreciate you taking a minute more to subscribe to our podcast on your podcast app of choice and to leave us a rating as well. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can reach me via Twitter at twitter.com slash Scott Feinberg. And you can follow all of my coverage between episodes at thr.com slash the race. Finally, be sure to check out all of the other shows that are part of the Hollywood Reporters Podcast Network. Rebecca Ford and Rebecca Sons' Hollywood Remixed, Leslie Goldberg and Daniel Feinberg's TV's Top 5, Josh Wiggler's Series Regular, Carolyn Giardina's Behind the Screen, and Seth Abramovich and Chip Pope's It Happened in Hollywood. On behalf of all of us at The Hollywood Reporter, thanks for listening. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.